morning, everybody. How are you doing? Hey, I think we should uh, thank the worship team for doing a tremendous job this morning. You guys can take a seat. Go for it. Uh, Really good to be back with you this morning. Uh, I'm inside us. And today we're going to look at body. Because if we're going to look at how God created us, it's not like we look at that other part and go, oh, that's the good bit. And oh, yeah, then there's the body. Then there's the body over here. He created us holistically and He wants us to do well holistically. And so we're going to be looking at that this morning. You know, the the society we live in um, can either totally ignore and treat bodies poorly or absolutely fixate on bodies and and look at things like uh, image, eating, drinking, sex, clothes, exercise, tattoos, cosmetics, plastic surgery, etc., etc., and give us some goal of what we should look like that no one really can achieve unless you're a model, so that the whole time we either want to just put body to the side and don't think about it, or obsess on it with some goal that society has given us, which is not a goal that our Lord and our God has given us. So, I really think we need to look at it in the church. We need to see what the Bible says about the body. And, you know, we do look at all these other areas, so we want to make sure that we are looking also at the body. Our body is a thing of absolute wonder. If you don't know what I... (coughs) Who, who said amen there? Come on. And, and as, as we look at Claude, we would all tend to agree that it is a thing of wonder. It's, 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 a, it's an amazing thing uh, when we consider for a moment how God has made us. And you know, what, before I was a pastor, my, my chosen professor, profession, I was a biologist, uh, an, an environmental biologist, I didn't do, I, I, I'm not an expert at cellular biology. I know just enough to be dangerous, actually. But I want to show you, just for a moment, just so that we get, like it, it's easy for us to say we're a thing of wonder. But just so that we get a little bit of how unbelievable this thing that God has given each one of us and put in our care is. So we're just going to look at a video, it goes for about three minutes, it was put together by Harvard, it looks at, oh, just, you, she's got it, she's, she's holding, it looks at, just so I give you the big picture, it looks at a white blood cell in a body, and what happens in that white blood cell when it is given a signal to go and deal with some germs, All right, so that's the big picture, and I'll try and talk us through what's going on here, where's the best place, for, I'll just sit right here, and, and I'll try and explain what's going on. So there's some white blood cells, red blood cells going through a blood vessel. That says it's rolling along the edge. There's parts of that white blood cell that attach to the edge of the blood vessel. So now we're going inside the white blood cell. We're seeing some of the little machines that are in there that that it's actually got like a pathway of all these structures that hold it together. The structures are made and when they've done their job, they break apart and they go to other parts 
So there's one, all the bits coming together, absolute coordination. And when it's done its job, a little enzyme comes alongside it, cuts it, and off it goes to do something in another part of the cell. That's a microtubule coming together. That's like a highway in the cell. When it's done its job, off they go somewhere else. That is a protein carrying a bag of products from one part of the cell to another along this microtubule. It knows exactly where to go and where to take all of those products that have been made. Then we go to the nucleus. And coming outside of that nucleus is an RNA, which got a code from inside the nucleus from a DNA, right? That's like the code. It goes to this thing called a ribosome, and as the code is read, it makes exactly the right protein. That protein goes and gets, okay, there's the code being read, right? And it makes exactly the right thing for the code. And here's some of the products coming outside of that nucleus. Here goes our bag of goodies just walking past. It knows where to go. It's a Golgi body. I can't remember what it does. Okay. And then all these things are made, these proteins, complex chemicals, and then there they are on the outside of the cell ready for the trigger. And when they get the trigger... they go they all stand up they catch the edge of the blood vessel that stops the white blood cell it flattens out and then it goes outside of the blood vessel to go and deal with the bacteria or whatever it needs to go and deal with oh my goodness That's one cell. A cell is the simplest thing that you can call alive. Did that look simple? Oh, no. And in you and I, do you know how many cells we've got? About 35 trillion. Different sorts that make up different tissues, different tissues that make up different organs, different organs that make up different systems, and different systems that all work together so that we can be alive. Oh my goodness. Now the reason I wanted to show you that was just so that we could get a bit of an indication of what a bit of machinery God has put in our hands. It is really quite extraordinary. And so what we're going to do with the time we've got together is look at some <coughs> of the perceptions and decisions we make about our body. And I want to look at three biblical points that help us to perceive our body rightly. Because we might look at our body and get really quite upset if we compare ourselves to what the world tells us it should look like. And how we value our body, because we might not give it the value it should be given when we understand what God says about it. So let's pray, and we're going to look at these three things that will guide our perceptions and our understanding. Father, we give this time right now into your hands, and we ask that you would speak to each one of us, that we would all leave with a message 
from God, that there is something that we can do differently in the way that we, we look at this gift you have given us, the gift of this body, and the way that we steward it, that we look after it to your glory. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are taking notes today, here's the first point. The first thing that we, we understand, and, and I don't think I'm saying something terribly new to most of us today, but I'm going to draw some conclusions from this. And that is this first point. God made our body. God created our body. Right at the beginning, some good creation theology tells us this. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created human beings, excuse me, so God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God made people. And He made men and women to bear His image. This is extraordinary. That we carry something in the way we have been created that is in the image of God. The way we can love and be loved. The way that we can conceive of things that are not. The way we can create. The way we can appreciate beauty. Even in our very physical makeup, there is something that, that bears His image. Now, here's a really wild thought. That Hebrew word that is translated into image is the Hebrew word selem. Selem, in other parts of the Old Testament, is translated to the word idol. Or image. Now, in the Old Testament, if people worshipped an idol, they didn't actually say that that idol was God. What they said was that that idol represented the deity, that there was something about that image, you could look at it, and it would represent the deity. Now, often those images were horrible, and they represented horrible deities. Well, what this is saying is that God has made people to carry His image so that whoever in all creation looks at people will see God and will see a representation of God. That spiritual beings, powers and principalities, whatever looks at people will go, oh my goodness, I see the Creator in them. Amazing. Well, let's go a little bit deep, deeper on this. Not only did God create people in His image, He got really personal when He made you. You see, God didn't have one of you, and He wanted one of you, so He made one of you. This is what the psalmist says, Psalm 139, 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My goodness. When we understand that God created people to bear His image, and when we understand that He, is, he has been involved in each one of us being created, 
that means that we carry inherent value. We are not valuable because of something we can do. We're not value, valuable because someone else says we're useful or not. We are valuable just because. And we are valuable just because we are created by a God who didn't have one of us and who made us and made us in His image and made us with inherent value beyond our imagination. So this is a lens that we need to bring into how we view ourselves, because we can have other lenses that people and the devil might have put there, like you'll never amount to anything, or who do you think you are, or you don't look right, or whatever. But God says, and this is the voice that matters, I made you, and you carry in great value because I made you. All right, so that's the first one. Second one, this is, I just find this stuff, it blows my mind. When I was preparing this, I had to keep on putting my pen and my Bible down and just walking away from the desk and going, oh God, oh my goodness. I find that the preparation of a word is a very Holy Spirit experience. God didn't just make us with value. He created us that we might be, this is the second point, that our body would be the temple of the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit of God would dwell in us. So let's have a look at this and the significance of this. Uh, the Corinthian church, Corinth was an amazing city. It had a worship there that was very around sexual immorality. Indeed, uh, if you went to the temple to worship, you would, as a part of your worship, have sex with a temple prostitute. Right? So that's what the city was like. The Corinthian church came out of that. And so consequently, Paul needed to deal with a bit in his letters, hey guys, this is what you once were, but we're coming out of that. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, so we need to honor God with the way we view ourselves and the way we engage in the world sexually. So this is what he said. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, just so that we really get this, that was, I think, the NIV. Let's listen to what the message says in looking at this. The message says, or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, a place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? 
the physical part of you is not some part of is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you god owns the whole works so let people see god in and through your body now before the new testament where did god dwell in the old testament he dwelt in the ark of the covenant in the tabernacle or the temple and people treated that ark of the covenant do you know what the ark of the covenant is it's like this um, it's it's like a, it's a throne it's a box right and it's made of acacia wood and covered in gold and according to raiders of the lost ark will get you if you're german if a, you know just and uh and everyone else is okay and if you haven't seen that movie don't worry it's a very old movie <laughs> And, and so this place, God dwelt with Israel. He would come in like a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and dwell in this place. And, and there was very strict instructions. It's like, God dwells here. Treat it right. And people in fear and trepidation would treat, treat that dwelling place of God right. There was one guy who didn't, who reached out and touched it once and he died. Right, you can read all about this in the Old Testament. Amazing. Where does God dwell now? Is there a box in there, in the, the area that's been, you know, affected by the sprinklers? You know, you go through there, we got to... In us, when, when Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, we become, from that point, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we need to utilize this body in a way that honors the one who dwells in us and Paul's exhortation here is that we live in a way which is according to the design plans for our body that the way we exhibit our sexuality is according to the design plans for our body now when God created people and he created sex what did he say I'm a bit embarrassed about the sex part no, that, that's, sometimes people get biblical sexuality and Victorian values mistaken. Like in Victorian England, it was all like this dirty thing that you somehow had to do for reproduction and that's about it. The Bible, when God created people and sex, do you know what He said? Very good. Very good. That's what He said. He designed it to be because it is such a precious gift within the covenant relationship of marriage. That's how He designed it. And He calls it very good in the covenant relationship of marriage. And so this exhortation is that not only were we made by God to bear His image, but we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and we should treat our bodies with honor as a place where God Himself dwells that's the second one thirdly we are stewards of the body god gave us stewardship is a really good principle to understand it's a powerful biblical principle so much of the bible is talking about stewardship stewardship is when you are given something which is not belonging to you to manage on behalf of someone else. Has anyone here been a steward before? 
I reckon if you work for someone, you've been a steward, right? You are given authority. You are given things to look after on behalf of someone else. And stewardship is the right way to look at our body. Because remember what it just said in Corinthians? It said, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. I don't just belong to Pat. I belong to my Creator. He paid such a price that I might live, an extraordinary price that I might live. So I need to treat my body as a steward of something that's been given me as a gift. And that's where all the things that we normally associate with living healthily come in. Uh, eating, drinking, body image, exercise, all these things come into that. Exercise, we were not created to be sedentary, to be still. We were actually created to move. And I want to encourage each one of us, find out the way that that works for you. Now, the last thing I want to do is set you up with the equivalent of a New Year's resolution today. Everyone knows that that's not a good, <laughs> tried that and that doesn't work. But how does it work for you to get your body moving so that you're exercising? I've found I need to exercise with others who will hold me to account, all right? If it's just up to my willpower, it doesn't work sometimes. So I train with my brother-in-law on a Monday afternoon, and he gives me a hard time if I start showing a lack of commitment to get me there. The other thing I do with exercise is I do stuff I enjoy doing. So what is it you enjoy? I like surfing. So I meet with about eight guys at 6 a.m. on, well, it's gone to 5.30 now because I surf with a whole lot of plumbers and all of the tradesmen just get up so early. It's 